0: and Welcome to How do you Drew? This is a Drew Barrymore podcast brought to you by the And sponsored by our friends at Positive Medium. I'm Anne. And I'm Ashley. Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode forty. Hey, hey. Hey,
1: that's a big deal. That's <laughs> kind of wild. It
0: doesn't feel like we've done that many. It- I, I, I don't I can't even really your speeches you have no words words are your life <laughs> exactly so let's just jump right in I can't even really absorb the fact that we've done this for 40 episodes but thank you everyone who's sticking around and we're growing right now so let's yeah. just say hello to all the new listeners that are apparently tuning in I know and keep coming <laughs> back please yes and reach out to us we want to know who you are how you found us all that stuff so I know we'll reiterate again to reach out but you <laughs> yeah. know
1: just wanted to say hello at the top I like it. I have a cool cosmic coincidence. Mm-hmm. Da-da-da. So <laughs> it's—I feel like it's been a while since we've manifested something, but yeah. we last episode. What's the last episode? Yeah, fully talked about how much we would love to have production materials and oh, mm-hmm. we just love seeing them and on-set pictures and all that <laughs> stuff. And then I think it was like the day after we recorded. I found this auction for Donnie Darko production materials. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. No big deal at all. They're collected by sound mixer Coleman Metz, and um, not only are there call sheets and scripts and,
0: uh, <laughs> and all I that, want it all.
1: There's photos of everyone in the cast on set with this uh, sound mixer, and including Drew. really cute photo I guess we'll have to share it we won't keep it greedy to ourselves because now we're talking about it that'd be rude (laughs) but damn so I think the opening bid is a thousand dollars right
0: yeah and I would love to just go into debt for this but
1: (laughs) what would you like actually bid on it
0: what would I actually pay yeah Mm, oh I just saw a blue jay land on a tree sorry oh, just <laughs> a perching birdie <laughs> i just i see a perching birdie oh you're so beautiful okay um i'm sorry uh i would maybe pay like 500 bucks for this stuff realistically yeah, but it's
1: really special
0: but not i mean i'm just kind of at a weird time in my life where i'm like i can't even think about a thousand dollars like i'm Too busy with other expenses, but man, we would love to have this. I don't think there's anything else we can say about it, but we will link to it and you can check out for yourself how (laughs) rad it is. We were able to like grab a couple like tidbits of information from it. So we'll be using some of that in our future narco
1: episode. I mean, even just that, I was
0: like, yes, like (sighs) dates. Like, I know stuff we love. One thing we can say really quick that was fun is that the movie was shot in 28 days. And if you (gasps) know the movie, the whole thing is a 28 day span of time. So I was this like, so cool. Hell yeah. So that's one little tidbit. I can't believe we didn't know that. I sort of, when I heard it, I was like, did I know that it feels yeah. too much of a coincidence not to know <laughs> either way. Same. That's our little, that's the only thing we're going to report right now. Stay tuned in um, later in the year. We might have a Darny Darko episode. Just oh, might. Just maybe. A little teaser. <laughs> All right. So what else you got?
1: Just another weird cosmic coincidence in our last episode. Again, mm-hmm. I think we were asked if Drew would write another book and we were mm-hmm. talking about how she clearly has stated she has a lot more to say about her relationship with Jade and how her conversations with Jeanette McCurdy and Brooke Shields have like really brought that forth. Mm-hmm. And then- the day after we recorded, this article comes out, and we're going to get into that in a minute, but the New York Magazine article, and basically, she's talking about exactly what we were talking about, yep. so just we're in the universe synchronicity, something's going it on. It doesn't matter if
0: we're talking about 1992 or 2023, <laughs> or yeah. Jade's going to come up, and that relationship has forever been complex, so we're going. Yeah. We're looking forward to hearing more and more about it as Drew has her comfort with sharing it, you know? Yeah, which is probably pretty small right now, and we'll get into why. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Okay, so it looks like we've got some mail for this week. (laughs) You've got mail. Really exciting thing is, I'm going to say this at the top, thank you to everyone that left us reviews. Yeah!
1: We are so stoked on this. I feel like I'm going to have a backlog now of You've Got Mail segments yes. because I want to shout everybody out who left a review because we've been promising I would, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, this actually, my first one is a comment that was left on our website, but I just okay. really liked it and I thought we should read it.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. I'll go ahead and read it. It's from Nika and they said, if you love Drew and want to hang out with her, I suggest everyone visits this podcast and Facebook page. It feels like you really know her and like she's just next to you. They light up my droopy heart. Thank you and appreciate your efforts to make all this possible. More power. (laughs) Isn't that sweet? Yes, everything everything about it, like they feel like they're hanging out with her <laughs> like, I know. we're like yeah this is great that's the whole point point. <laughs> and we agree this is what we're making it for so of course those that don't know this already are not listening so tell your friends tell your friends <laughs> tell your friends if they want to hang out with drew barrymore they can
1: do it through our voices somehow <laughs> yes exactly so thank you, Nika. And like I said, everybody else who left, we have some amazing reviews. Like some of them were a little too long to feature on our social media. Yep. And like, don't worry, they have been noticed and we will be shouting them out in the
0: future. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. So thank you again, everyone. Um, and Nika, thank you for your really sweet and amazing comment. Yay. So what did you pull for this week in Drew history? All right, let's go back to June 13th. 2009
1: as we all know this is a fun time in drew style Mm -hmm. i guess is the best way to put that yep and so she attended bonnaroo the festival with justin long her boyfriend at the time uh this is a festival that takes place in tennessee Mm -hmm. we noted that jimmy fallon was doing a comedy set and perhaps that was like the impetus to them attending but they went to a lot of stuff like this that's true um, that year um and of course true was really into some kind of eccentric makeup at this time (laughs) she's got like silver streaks all over her face maybe some gold (laughs) i just
0: realized that like one of the first times she wore like weird silvery white stuff was like 2003 for charlie's angels (laughs) yeah like sometimes she just likes to
1: play Actually, I think she did it on her tenth birthday too. I think she had like a very similar that's true. thing going
0: very on. Very we'll similar to, to side this. Side. Yeah. Oh my god, you're gonna have to do a side <laughs> by side. That's so great. Um I'm gonna go ahead and go through her outfit a little bit, if you don't okay. mind. Yeah. So she's got like a hugely oversized t-shirt that's basically see-through, looks really comfortable. Why is it so cute? I don't, I know. don't know. There's like a <laughs> wrap skirt situation, very short and kind of like a turquoisey blue color, and then tall rain boots in this like full outfit picture that we've got (laughs) can't miss the huge feather in the hair that she's got and then some you know white sunglasses you just have to see it it's so fun you know, this is what she had described as her like hedonist era. (laughs) Exactly (laughs) what I
1: was thinking. Um, And so there's some like
0: really fun pictures of her dancing. It was probably so fun to see her hanging out at this event in 2009. Like I would have loved to be a fly on the wall.
1: Oh my God. I can't get over how high her skirt is hiked up (laughs) on her leg. It's basically like to her crotch. (laughs) And it looks like she joined Jimmy on stage, like for something like there's pictures of her like running off the stage so <laughs> she
0: probably just went up and started dancing yeah probably got the crowd like really that. excited and, <laughs> but so fun um we will definitely post a picture but you should look this up it's a lot and,
1: of fun. oh the last thing I wanted to say it's part of the reason I picked this one is because the current issue of Drew magazine has a full page photo of Drew from it so I thought it would be kind of fun to say hey that was
0: exactly 14 years ago that's so cool I'm so glad you pulled it and how fun what a fun one to look back on and oh we're thinking about doing a future episode soon about 2009 so Ooh, yeah, we'll have more to say year. about that big year <laughs> um so much stuff happened that year here's just our little teaser so donnie darko teaser 2009 <laughs> teaser you guys are sticking around i hope we
1: have more episodes to
0: come <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not there are endless topics to talk about with miss drew Barry more i
1: know me like it was like asking me again so, but when are you gonna like what are you gonna do when you run out of things to talk about I was like there's really probably no end she has like 40 movies alone like
0: yeah. that sentiment and concern has been expressed to me as well I'm like don't worry <laughs> like <laughs> I really genuinely don't anticipate us ever running out there may be a, ch- a point when we decide that we're done doing this but right we but we won't not have covered every content. topic yes <laughs> like it won't be a problem this is a person with a very rich life <laughs> Okay, so what's new with Drew this week? I know we've got some fun stuff to talk about. So let's jump into what's new with Drew. Okay, let's start with the biggie.
1: As we said at the top, uh, the cover of New York Magazine. (laughs) And it is a
0: cool one. It really does. Like, I just got to say really quickly, somebody commented on something like, It kind of has Interview Magazine 1990s Drew vibes. And I'm like, yes.
1: (laughs) It totally. I mean, literally the font, one of the fonts is exactly from one of her covers. So it's the June 5th through 18th issue. You can buy a single issue online and found where to do it. We will share the link in the episode page if you guys are interested. I already sent it to somebody who reached out and asked us. Cool. Uh, we're waiting for our copies. We don't have them yet. They are in route.
0: I ordered mine from that, the past issues thing, and it said, like, possibly four to six weeks. I'm like, all right. At least it's better than not being able to get <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> good point. Good point. All right.
1: So the article is written by E. Alex Jung, mm-hmm. and the photos are taken by our man, Mark Seliger. Woo-hoo! It
0: was so fun to see them work together again. Uh- I know. Like actually see video of it. Oh my God. I don't think we can really even say too much about it. We can, we could gush about these photos for a while. For a long time. Yeah. But they're like around her apartment, around New York. My personal favorite are in her closet. And there's just like this very intimate moment. Um, I pulled a quote from it later, but... Okay. Yeah. Well, we knew about this closet with
1: the affirmations on the wall. And she had mentioned this to Jay Shetty on his podcast or no, actually he was on her short lived podcast way back. I think it was like September. And so in one of our first episodes, because we were new around that time, we talked about this and how like, I I bet you we should go pull the audio. I bet you we said like, Oh, I would love to see that. I'm sure we did.
0: (laughs) And now we got to. If I know myself well enough, I would have been like in her handwriting, you know, like, you know, just kind of gushing about
1: that. So. It is amazing. You can really see a lot of things she wrote. I sent you like a text that was like, here's a bunch of the affirmations from True."
0: Yes. Also, there are some really, really beautiful, including the cover pictures of her taken inside of her shower at her apartment. And they're, and they're yeah. all just like of her face, like kind of like bust shots. And they're not bust as in her bust. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry to tell ya. <laughs> um, but they are so beautiful and really evoke this, Mark Seligar 1990s feeling like he's pulling yeah. this thing out. I mean, she also feels like she's getting in touch with this, like, playful part of herself again. So I feel that too. Yeah. So it's really great. And then, of course, she has like some of her old
1: standard people doing hair and makeup. So yeah. our lovely Deb Ferrullo, who yes. we just adore and who's so sweet to us. She did the makeup, which is great because I feel like she usually only does Drew's makeup these days if she's in L.A. Yeah. So I wonder if she like flew out for it. Yep. And then Orlando Pita did the hair and he's done a couple shoots with Drew, but most notably, he did at least the second guest campaign shots. So That's so cool. Long time relationship. Only what? 20 years? Wait, no big deal. Or 30? Shit. I can't. 30. You know what? It's 30 like 30 years. years.
0: <laughs> yeah, no big deal. I'm like, let's stop doing the math and freaking ourselves out. <laughs> Let us know what your little favorite little tidbits in the article were. Um, and then okay. I just have a few quotes to pull cause that's my brand apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Um, well I did like, there was this cute little part about, um, when she was living with Tamara Davis and Mike D from the Beastie yeah. Boys. Speaking of the Beastie Boys played Bonnaroo that year. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, um, that she like just showed up with a laundry basket and basically moved in. So, I yeah. mean, we knew that she lived with them, but something about the laundry basket I thought was really cute. The time because-
0: frame would have been like around what year?
1: um 90... probably 91 right when she was coming yeah. gun crazy trip right like yeah she was so little
0: <laughs> so yeah I know it's weird to imagine
1: yeah um another thing I thought was interesting as it says she financially supports Jade which for some reason I just never considered that that was a thing that was still happening but I'm, I'm not surprised I'm not surprised but it's still I went like to oh. have it confirmed we're like oh okay yeah and I mean we know she supported her dad Yeah. So, it's just like further proof of her parenting her parents. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I never heard this before. Apparently, she turned down the role of Roller Girl in Boogie Night. Yep. So, Heather Graham ended up with that part. Oh, here's another little funny tidbit Heather Graham plays the screen version of Casey Becker in the movie within a movie. In oh,
0: <laughs> interesting. <laughs> tidbits galore, yeah, tidbits, galore. <laughs> tidbits galore is also our brand <laughs> that
1: is definitely our brand yeah <laughs> that could be like our subtitle how do you do tidbits galore um but she said that she felt like it was too obvious of a choice in what she called and I love this her yeah. quote tart exhibitionist free wildflower kitten era <laughs> we are definitely going to be using that but I also
0: I picture a specific image when I see this, okay, like part of the Playboy shoot where she yeah, literally has the kittens what I on her. Were, yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. I'm just like, yeah, kitten on her head, like she's a kitten hanging out with kittens. <laughs> I think it's very accurate, and it's kind of a druism Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I added this little tidbit, and then I'll let you say yeah. your last one here. So uh, I like that she said Nan uh, Nancy Givone encouraged her to do rom coms, and this is what Nancy said. You're mushy. It's annoying. You should share this with the world. <laughs> they're kind of talking about like how she was just constantly in love, you know, yeah. constantly like exploring love. And in this in this article, she then is saying like, I don't know why I don't want a relationship now, but I was this person who was annoying about love. So I loved that part. <laughs> so cute. Yeah.
1: Um, and then one other thing I thought was really sweet that I, we'd never heard this before. Yeah. I'd love like finding out new old stuff. Me too. That's my heart aflutter. flutter tidbits
0: galore (laughs) yeah
1: luke wilson brought a bouquet of daisies to their first chemistry test for best men which is just like
0: cutest thing no
1: wonder she said she fell in love with him on (laughs) site
0: no kidding no it's like the camels that she would follow anywhere no wonder it's like he came with daisies and she she didn't mention the camel was carrying daisies (laughs) (laughs) a quote that i pulled from this section uh where tamra davis was talking about that and she said I was dealing with two people that were madly in love now, and it was so funny to watch him. She hypnotized him, and it's like, forget it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just loved it so
0: much. 96 Drew could do that, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, God. She's hypnotized me, and it was, you know, historical (laughs) hypnosis. Um, (laughs) Okay, so I just wanted to pull these couple segments from the article. You all can read it, and I encourage you to do so. But this little segment about the closet solidified my feelings about it. Like, I felt these feelings without even reading this. Okay. Here's what E. Alex Jung wrote. Barry and I are sitting cross-legged on the floor facing each other so close. I can see a rim of green in her eyes and a horizontal wrinkle on her nose. We've taken a seat in a small walk-in closet in her bedroom. It has a slanted ceiling and pink flamingo wallpaper covered in affirmations and aphorisms she's written such as today is the day you start trusting yourself, spiritual superhero, and simply permission there are longer more diaristic reflections that read like ecstatic poetry listen to my body and soul treat myself as the mother I needed do not beat myself up this is her meditation room her room of revelations she can come here and shut the door and be totally quiet you just feel like so many emotions right there like I love the description of this space yeah wonderful writer yeah no kidding so I just had to pull that out and then this kind of links to what we're talking about with Jade. And I loved this because I sort of, I don't know, I just felt something deep about it. And I'll explain after I read it. This is a text that Drew sent to E. Alex Jung. I texted my mom for her birthday and she told me she loved me and that she was proud of me. I don't care how old you get or how big your mission is. When your mom tells you she loves you, you revert back to small. And the fact that she loves me with my truth and my honesty is the best time I have ever heard her say it.
1: Fantastic. And also this is wild because you were saying these exact same I in know. our details, 1983, but we were talking about
0: Drew's relationship with her dad, but it's it, exactly the same thing. It's wild. I know. So I was like, yeah. Anyway, this magazine is wonderful. Pictures, article, everything about it. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy so I can like really soak in these pictures in person. Oh, I know. And um, from what I saw, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I think
1: the two Uh, pictures in the closet or full page so (laughs) but yes so this is so great that I decided both of our Druisms of the week should come from this article love it oh someone's picking up you know those cool little isms that we do let's hear them all right the first one is I've been a circus bear my whole life. I swear to God, if the ringmaster left the tent, I would become the ringmaster and start like flagellating myself. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> it's sad, but it's, but it's also true. so, like, do you not have an image in your head of Absolutely. circus
0: bear? Absolutely. <laughs> with Drew's face on it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cute.
0: This is what we need an animator. Oh my it. God. I was just going to say we need an animator for the Druism segment specifically. I think once we get our ad revenue like really ramped up, we're going to hire an animator. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. Here's the other one that I also love. She's talking about kind of making brands that she finds to be like useful to people. She says, I want to be cereal and toilet paper and underwear. Just commonly use things that don't make you angry and bring us all together. <laughs> who could be mad at those things? I mean, it's so true. (laughs) I love it so much. She sure does like talking about underwear lately.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. All right. So we got to take a turn. Yeah, I know. So we get like, the high the morning this comes out it's like so exciting yes this is so cool oh my god this article these photos great 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 and like she's sharing it and everybody worked on it sharing it wonderful and then it takes this total nosedive because of freaking idiots like the daily mail and page six i will call you out by name Mm -hmm. Perez hilton i saw you all they took a quote completely out of context where drew was saying like you know, she's seen Brooke Shields and Jeanette McCurdy be able to kind of grow and start processing Mm -hmm. the things with their moms because their moms have passed away. And Drew said, I can't wait to do that. I, AKA
0: I need to do that
1: now. Yeah. I can't wait. Like, not like, oh, I'm so excited more like it needs to happen now. And instead these headlines were blasted everywhere saying Drew wishes her mom was dead. Drew can't (laughs) wait for her mom to die. And it's like, so, uh, you know how I feel about false information. Yep. Being...
0: <laughs> I mean, we've had other instances where we're like, we're not going to report on this. Yeah, but and maybe we wouldn't have, but Drew
1: addressed it.
0: If you want to hear her response to this, which is obviously that that is completely false, she says something like, "I wouldn't even want to live in a world where I would feel that way." Yeah. She is so upset, and she's like, "You guys have been fucking with me since I was 13." <laughs> yeah. Like, she's anyway. Yeah. Moving on. Exactly. Yes.
1: Um, last little, just new thing that happened over the week. So I feel like she kind of went into hiding after that. Like, yeah, a little bit. Like which I don't blame her for, yeah. um, but she did quietly attend um, this one woman show by Jacqueline Novak. It's called Get On Your Knees. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was originally, it came out in 2019 and it was presented by Natasha Leone and executive produced by Mike Birbiglia, which makes sense that Drew would be interested in this, but yep. um, it's been on tour. So it was back in New York and she went with Chelsea Handler. And I will just say that it's funny, Drew's wearing the same hat and glasses quote-unquote disguise that we mentioned when she went to the Taylor Swift concert. So I was like, oh, this is just her incognito, I'm going to a show. Did we say why we know that she was there? Uh, Chelsea Handler shared stories on Instagram and luckily our friend Renata caught them and made us aware so we didn't miss them. Yes. We'll share a picture.
0: Okay, so now I had this idea for a new segment because... The Internet is full of negative comments and negativity, but I find that often surrounding Drew, we got some nice comments. So yeah, I'm introducing the kind comments corner where we will I love this idea. (laughs) So we will just have, you know, kind of a nice comment about Drew and I'm going to try to find ones where somebody has like a personal connection and in this case. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Skylab68 commented on the New York Mag Instagram page when they announced Drew's magazine cover. And they said, went to a show in person, and Drew is not only a consummate professional who treats her her team with respect, but also incredibly warm and approachable with her audience. Irrefutably genuine, fun loving, and empathetic. I just love love that. It's just like, just a wonderful little bow wrapped around their experience that we witnessed as well (laughs) i know i'm like yes this is all true (laughs) (laughs) yes yes (laughs) yes. (laughs) thank you skylab68 for allowing us to steal your words and put them on our podcast (laughs) that you'll never hear (laughs) maybe someone will hear it and be like i know them that'd be awesome so i think we might be ready for this weekly topic Okay,
1: let's talk about Rebel Homemaker.
0: Yay!
1: Yeah. So this is Drew's 2021 cookbook that she did with Pilar Valdez, mm-hmm. and uh, this is her most recent publication, right? Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. So, I mean, if if you all don't know, she has Little Girl Lost, then Find It Everything, and then Wildflower, and now Rebel Homemaker. Rebel Homemaker. <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: so let's kind of talk about the background so drew has said that she got into cookbooks when she was pregnant with olive we know mm-hmm. she is fanatical about cookbooks now she's got her cookbook club cookbook collection all of it <laughs> yeah if you've ever seen pictures of her kitchen they're everywhere yeah uh, and her very first one was william sonoma's soup of the day mm-hmm She was uh, making soups in the heat. Yep.
0: (laughs) Yep. She was super pregnant. She mentions it in part of the book. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit when we get to that.
1: (laughs) So I'll fill you guys in quickly on how she and Pilar met. Mm -hmm. So this was all happening when Drew was getting divorced and she was in what she calls like her sad rental apartment Mm -hmm. in New York. This is like the darkest time of her life. Yep she was already this cookbook collector but they were all in boxes because she didn't have like a permanent place mm-hmm. and at the same time Polar was transitioning from running her own catering company mm-hmm. and Polar said that she got an email at like 4 a.m one morning and it was asking if she wanted to be a personal chef for drew barrymore oh <laughs> like God. she thought it was a joke at first you know but yeah obviously the rest is history Drew said that cooking together helped her forget about all her problems. Um, she said it was something I could hook into when my life felt so floating. So just a really like special relationship that came at a time that Drew really needed it.
0: Yep. There's a sweet quote from Pilar about Drew. She said, I feel like Drew threw out the idea of a cookbook fairly early on after I'd met her. But at the time, it was just this little spark of an idea. Drew does that occasionally. She'll have a little dream that she'll sprinkle here and there and kind of walk away and sort of see how it settles. Which totally <laughs> sounds like Drew. I, know, I love
1: that. Well love said, hello so And then Drew got to work with Jill Schwartzman on this book, who is also the editor of Wildflowers. So she said she knew she was in safe hands with her, which is really sweet.
0: Yeah. So they spent countless hours, Drew and Pilar cooking together in the kitchen. Most of the recipes in this case were written by Pilar and then the recipe development was done by someone named Nora Singley. So they had someone else kind of help them develop the recipes and make them repeatable, I assume, (laughs) because it's kind of a crazy process when you think about it. I know. I
1: can't even imagine. Yeah. Drew said that she loves the word rebel because Mm -hmm. it's bombastic without being angry and she can't stand rules Yeah, that when I try to create them, they blow up in my face. (laughs) And then because she grew up in this unorthodox way. And when she looked up the definition of the word homemaker, she got even more rebellious. (laughs) (laughs) So she's just like, that was the perfect title. Yep. And when um they were on the view promoting the book, Drew said that the veneer of a perfect like do as i do cookbook was just imposter syndrome city to her. So she's like <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> this is going to be a real authentic experience.
0: Yeah. It has that feeling of like when you go to a blog and read a story and then have the <laughs> recipe. It's yeah. I don't know, it's really cool. So now let's let's get into the book starting with the photos. Yay. So, the photos, there are two groups of photos in the book scattered about. There are professional photos, and then many personal photos taken by Drew herself. Um, the professional photos were taken by Graydon Harriet. So there would be some sort of level of aspiration to the photos themselves she didn't want it to just feel like totally at home I guess. <laughs> so this duo also did the original photos for beautiful and the early drew magazine so that's really cool that they kind of got to repair with that group and that she felt comfortable then once again she's got like her editor from that.
1: Yeah. She's definitely loves to keep the same people coming back. (laughs) Totally. And then of course, like we said, there's personal photos by Drew because she wanted it to be authentic to herself. So Mm -hmm. we see her garden, her cats, her chickens, uh, lots of cooking, just basically Drew's life at this time. And she said, I relate food to love to feeding my family. I don't want the food in the book to look perfect. I'm a mom, not a chef.
0: Okay, so one thing I noticed, there were very few pictures of her kids, though she does talk about them a lot and talks Mm -hmm. about that kind of like creating a home for her kids was such a huge like thing surrounding cooking. Um, So I was surprised. But then as I was looking through, there are a few. So there's um, one of Frankie hanging out by the planters in their backyard. And there are a couple of pictures of them at Christmas. But it's mostly Drew and her cooking and Pilar. I mean, it's really a lot of fun. And her plants and her garden and, you know, her surroundings.
1: Yeah. Even the pictures of the girls, like you can't see their faces. And I'm like, she definitely is holding to sort of this idea she's created in the last several years of like, she doesn't want to put them out there.
0: Yep. So Yep. Which makes sense. But they're present in the writing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's get into our favorites in the book. There are many, many photos. Um, I'll mention a few when we talk about the writing, just because I think they're worth mentioning. But let's talk about our favorites. What are your favorites in the book, Ashley? Okay,
1: I just went real quick. Like you said, I think there's like 300 pictures.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. So
1: like just off the top of my head um i love the professional ones of her sitting at the table with her legs up eating her cali tartine sandwich yep uh those are on pages 70 and 71 there's they four are of them so cute so cute there's a personal one of her winking with the cherry tomato and i love that one that's on Me 79 too such a cute one there's one for some reason I just really love of white flowers in her garden I think it's echinacea from what I looked up
0: <laughs> sounds right
1: those are on page 45 they have like a daisy vibe to them so it's totally. probably I like and it. and it's
0: really sweet it like has it has a like, cool I can almost picture them like flowing in the wind or something yeah
1: <laughs> and then there's a really cute selfie that she took on the beach on page 220 that's beautiful
0: yeah, that one I also loved, but I picked other ones because I couldn't help myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good ones. Yeah,
0: so I, um, my favorite, starting with page 19, is a picture of her with a breakfast that her daughters made for her of toast, eggs, and sausage. It's really, yeah. really cute. And then if you jump to page 26, we've got this really cute picture of her with a band-aid on her finger and then it's followed by a few pages later a series of like clearly she like hurt her finger had to put a (laughs) band-aid on had to deal with that and then had her meal so it's really it's a really fun series so this page 26 and then page 32 and 33 they're just too much fun and then I loved on page 36, it's just funny, a lot of them ended up in the beginning, a picture of her with one of the chickens on her shoulder. And it Aww. looks like it's in kind of like red lighting. So I think it's under like heating lamps when you have yeah. young chickens. It's really cute. She's got a very similar, if not maybe not like the same beanie, but very She's similar. got a beanie. lot of these like yeah. knit beanies. chunky beanie. It's mm-hmm. just very sweet. She's making an expression that has a very like childlike, innocent sweet. That's how I would feel if I was hanging out with a bunch of little chickens, you know? <laughs> and then for some reason, I love, there's a picture on 182 of her with an immersion blender. Um, But I love this one because it's clearly candid. She's wearing like kind of a sweatery t-shirt and it's got a big hole in it. She just looks like co- so comfortable. You can see her kitchen, you can see all the cookbooks. And then finally um, page 222, Which is the very last um, big picture in the book, I believe, and (laughs) I just I don't know there's something really cute about it, I think it's the page after beach selfie it is so she's got apples that look like are like freshly picked off of an apple tree and i'm. I'm guessing this because it just looks, doesn't it look that way to you? It,
1: oh, it totally looks that way. I totally think that's what's going on.
0: Clearly like looks like it's taken by her and she's wearing a Care Bears apron, which I'm just like, is that a <laughs> like, Noticed
1: that <laughs>
0: it's, it's just like, you see like the collar of it. I don't know what the, yeah. the hat is, but she's wearing like, like a brown so baseball cap. It's just a cute photo and just feels very like something I would take if I wanted to be like, look, mom and dad, I picked apples from my tree. <laughs> you know, like it just feels like very like, I'm sharing my life and I'm joyful about it. I don't know. Yeah. It has a, has a vibe to it. It's a good one. So those are a couple faves. Sorry to list so many, but they're just so good. And we will share at least these favorites on the um, episode page. So check them out. Yeah. How do you <laughs> Or get yourself a copy of the book. If you Better can. yet. We'll do that. <laughs> so the book was written
1: in 2020. Yep so it's very much a product of the pandemic in that time so yeah. like the writing especially at the beginning is like totally in that vibe you can see she has masks on in some of the photos so it's like a time
0: capsule in a way yeah and a lot of the writing not even a lot of the quotes they pulled out are about that experience about like mm-hmm. like the resilience of us as humans through this process and that being like the frame around which the book was made is totally very interesting. Like, you know, all of us experienced this totally different thing that year. And it's like, like you said, a time capsule is a perfect word. Yeah. So let's jump into the intro, which like you said, it's it, you wrote that it's very stream of consciousness. It's almost like a poem. And interestingly enough, that section that I pulled from New York mag, that was the text
1: <laughs> feels the same. I felt the same way,
0: like a poem. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just pulled one fun part. So a lot of that intro is about kind of the pandemic feelings, but this particular part I loved not because it was surprising to us. I just thought it was cute. So at the end, towards the end, she says, and anytime I am in need of comfort, I turn to Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Deluxe, not powder with <laughs> cracked black pepper and Dumb and Dumber this always makes me happy.
1: (laughs) Classic Drew. Yeah. So good.
0: (laughs) And the next part is she has this
1: pretty long segment called I am writing. Um, and this was part of this is in her original blog post. So on drewberrymoreblog.com that she, the very first one she made in April, 2020, this has a lot of the same, um, it's like copy pasted, but, uh, You had a couple quotes you pulled.
0: I just liked pulling stuff that felt like it gave us maybe not new insight into her life, but just something that felt personal that I liked. So on page six, there's a quote that mentions Nancy. And this again is talking about the pandemic. I myself have put my shiny tech things down and picked up writing. My business partner, Nancy Javonin, always tells me no matter what I'm going through in my life, I should write. Heartbreak? Write. Lost? Write. And then another quote that I pulled from the same section on page 10 said, I'm going to look at the baby chickens and marvel at their cuteness. I'm going to do as much as I can to stay hopeful, knowing I'm going to fall hard and have to dust myself off again. I'm going to feel insecure about sharing this. I'm going to wipe the tears that are streaming down my face right now and then freak out about touching my face. (laughs) Just like, so of the time. Yeah. Time (laughs) capsule vibes.
1: And then right after that, we get this, I love this part, 30 meals of a lifetime. Yes. It's just really fun. I tried, I was like, God, I I don't think I could make a list like that. Like she obviously pays more attention to her meals than I do. (laughs) (laughs) They like really seem to encompass her whole life because there's like some that you can tell were from childhood and some that are from LA spots. Yes. There's one during the filming of 51st dates. There's like her 40th birthday times with Will, like it. It's a great like front to back all of of the years.
0: So I flagged a few fun ones that I thought would just be worth mentioning. So number five is my mom's tuna noodle casserole. And I don't know if I've heard her mention this until reading this book.
1: Oh, well, yeah, because this is where the whole cream of mushrooms thing with Pilar comes in. Yeah, Exactly.
0: So we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but I was just like, I don't remember that, but I totally have a sense memory about tuna noodle casserole. Like I think my mom made the same thing so I can like taste it.
1: The funny thing is there are like two times in my life I remember like crying at the dinner table being forced to eat something and was one of those and that and one of them was tuna casserole
0: oh no <laughs> so that terrible. was a one and done for me okay so you don't have good memories about <laughs> nope. it nope so this fits with one of the quotes I pulled so number seven is eating a box of Kraft milk and cheese with lots of cracked pepper and a giant bottle of red wine crying to sex in the city after my boyfriend broke up with me so I don't know obviously which boyfriend, which specifically boyfriend she's I talking about but I love how like <laughs> It's going to be craft and dumb and dumber or craft and sex in the city, depending (laughs) on the mood. (laughs) Sounds about right. Yes. Um, (laughs) Number 10, which I know you have kind of a story to go along with. So is driving through the in and out drive through in California. You never have a better cheeseburger in your life.
1: Yeah. I just thought it was funny. And I might have mentioned this on our very first episode, but the first time I saw Drew on a talk show by happenstance and thought she was amazing was in nineteen ninety eight when she was promoting the wedding singer and she was on Rosie O'Donnell show mm-hmm. and they were filming it in LA like normally that show filmed in New York. Yeah. And Drew brought in and out. For Rosie to try and Drew is a vegetarian at the time and she had a grilled cheese and I didn't know that that was the thing you could do yeah and so like soon after my friends went in and out and I was like cool I can go and order something I know what to get like Drew yeah. never taught me this <laughs> so I just it's funny because I still obviously eat those all the time and
0: yeah true. It's genuinely one of my favorite places to eat. And I think it is yours as well. And yeah. but I'm sure you've probably gotten people being like, what do you eat there? Every yeah. time you tell somebody, <laughs> it's like such a funny thing. What I thought you were going to say is that didn't you go through the In-N-Out drive through in Hollywood and like... They said that Drew had come through, or did we know Drew came through a specific drive through? Oh, no. We've seen pictures of her and
1: Fab at the one, I think it's on Sunset that we used to go to a lot. There's pictures of them there.
0: Two more I wanted to read on here. So number 15, I just liked this. It says every food truck breakfast burrito from every film I've ever been on. I get the same thing. Jack cheese, spinach, mushrooms, and an egg with a side of hot sauce. Breakfast of champions. I love breakfast burritos. I don't I don't think they're a thing that you really like, right?
1: Jason my husband makes a really really good one that I absolutely Ooh. love but it, it's not a thing I would ever like for sure know I was gonna like at a restaurant because yeah. I'm kind of weird about eggs So okay yeah
0: so they they do vary but I don't think I've ever met a breakfast burrito I didn't like so I agreed <laughs> with this and I had to note it
1: I also like that one because we know that Drew has brought fun food trucks to a lot of film sets so I thought that was yeah, cool
0: so it's fun to be able to mention that yeah okay then the last one I noted here and there are a bunch I just kind of was like these are fun number 20 says drinking a Himalayan burnt sea salt margarita which I was like fuck yeah and then it says <laughs> and then they threw in crunchy crickets and I was like um hell no no thank you but I ended up eating like 50. Turns out they really are delicious. (laughs) I just really liked that. So this segment's really fun. And like Ashley said, it kind of crosses over her whole life.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: And like the whole world, it's really. Yes, it's really cool. It is.
1: So we get about nine story-ish segments throughout the book. They're intermingled with recipes. Obviously yes. there are recipes in this book. It doesn't <laughs> yes. sound like it's so far, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So the first one, I think it's kind of the longest one mm-hmm. and it's titled who am I to write a cookbook? And it's mostly about the theme of home. And I Barely pulled any quotes because I was doing this all quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Not detailed like you did, but I did pull this quote. That's why we're working <laughs> together here. That's true. I pulled this quote because we're so like still mourning her <laughs> LA house that she had from 2002 till uh, her divorce. So I just wanted to read this. She said, I'd found the place where I truly thought my roots would never be cut off a house on Curson Terrace, right in the 90046. A house that I'd spend the next 20 years making a home, the anchor I had always wanted with all the things I had collected throughout my life. My daughters were born and I brought them through the threshold of that home, thinking we would be there forever. I idealized it, that my kids would have it different than I did. My kids would be able to come back to their childhood home when they were older and they would be able to sleep in the rooms they were raised in. But then guess what happened? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it just made me so sad. I know. I, I, like, I think we've kind of talked about, I know we have, I don't know what episode we talked about it on, but just about how we're like, we miss her being in yeah. Hollywood, being in LA and in LA, being and able then- to like go to, I mean, not that I'm not on, I'm on the East coast now. So some of the <laughs> things that are talked about here, I definitely really do. Yeah. But to be able to like drop off a gift at flower films by being yeah. in LA was such a cool thing.
1: And just like, it just makes me sad for her because I really see what she's talking about, like what the house represented. And then it was just
0: like, nope. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And, you know, she made this choice for her family, which is something that she doesn't regret, but it's also interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked in the next paragraph, though, she talks about Manhattan because she found herself in Manhattan a lot throughout her life, but it never really like really settled there until she had too much later. So there was this Druism. After she says, she always felt like she had battled Manhattan. And she said, the second I would land at any of the nearby airports, I felt like I was plugging into a human electrical socket. (laughs) And she just talks about like the wildlife, the partying, and I couldn't help but think of you know that she stripped in new york city that like (laughs) when we talked to um jonathan van meter he said that he had kept hearing stories about seeing drew around new york city right like right before he first met her and that like when he finally did get to meet her it was like oh my god she's like the you know how cool she was was like no exaggeration like she was like fun and cool and she definitely had this like life in new york at these little moments in her life that (laughs) that gave her this feeling like that wasn't the type of place that you have a home you know like she had this feeling Mm, but she had to kind of change her mind um ultimately she decided um after a while of living bicoastal with her daughters that she couldn't live that double life anymore which led to her having to sell the house in la Boo i know (laughs) i know and i know i've been talking for a while but i just have to say on page 35 there are these pictures of her well, three of them have her hands holding chickens, like young chickens. And I love it so much. It's her hands. Yeah. And I'm a hand person, so. I was going to say, those are very you pictures. Yeah, they're they're really sweet. I like to imagine that her daughters like took them, but it could have, I don't know, who knows? Oh. I just love it. And just one more quote from this section before we move on. On page 46, there was a quote that I just thought encapsulated it well. It said, all my original plans got blown up, and if I can't have a sense of humor about it, I won't make it in this world. Mm-hmm. So I just love that. Oh, poor Drew.
1: I know. <laughs> okay. The second section of writing, it's titled Creating a Space Where You Love to Eat and Cook. Mm-hmm. It starts on page 57. And it starts with a really cute picture of Drew with her cat, Lucky. Pilar compliments Drew on how welcoming and warm her spaces are, mm-hmm. which, of course. But I thought this was fun that she kind of describes tablescaping in a way that I felt was really reminiscent of the descriptions of the tables at her wedding to Tom, because it was like vintage tablecloths collected and all these things. Yeah. And then the, I flipped the page and the very next thing she says is the last thing I want it to feel like is a wedding. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, Oops. I guess your
0: your wedding didn't feel like a wedding. I don't know. Or she didn't <laughs> want to be reminded of that. No, I'm over that. I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But it is kind of a funny thing. But all all of these segments, I mean, we're just pulling little snippets. It's like you got to see these for yourself. They're all a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and jump to the next section. Like I said, we could go about all about these forever, which starts on page 81, and it's titled "Learning to Cook with Pilar." So this is kind of why we know so much about the process of the cookbook. It's so cool. Like in the cookbook, they're talking about the process of creating the cookbook. <laughs> True. So it's meta. like. I don't know. I don't know if that's common in cookbooks. (laughs) This section talks about how their relationship developed, you know, post-divorce from Will. Um, She felt lost and unhappy. And they bonded, Pilar and Drew, over their mutual sentimental love for Campbell's cream of mushroom soup, which there's a cute picture of them holding the can later in the book on page 149. It's really cute. Drew's memories come from her mom's famous tuna noodle casserole. And Pilar had a memory of it because her mom would serve it to her when she was sick.
1: Yeah, so it was this cool thing that they both, like, on opposite sides of the world, had Mm -hmm. the same, like, sort of nice nostalgic feeling.
0: (laughs) You kind of said a similar quote earlier, but this one I pulled straight from this section. So she said when she met Pilar, she was, quote, living in a New York rental, newly divorced, and pretty much flipping out and trying to just keep my head above water and survive. Pilar was a safe harbor in a storm. So sweet.
1: So like we said, she was collecting cookbooks, and it started when she was pregnant with Olive. She didn't have a real kitchen and couldn't cook the food. The books were important to her.
0: Yeah. And I I wanted to ask you, didn't we hear somebody talk to her about how her L.A. home had like a terrible kitchen? Yeah,
1: it was Cameron Diaz. You're right. Um, and I guess like Gwyneth Paltrow made a specific comment about her oven or something that was right. unusable. But I can't tell if she's talking here about that kitchen or the like New York rental Oh, I see. So I don't know, but either way. Oh, you know
0: what? I think when it was talking about it, it was talking about how when she was collecting cookbooks, she didn't necessarily have a place to cook. So I think she's talking about still being in LA. Okay. And then maybe also like neither time did she have a real kitchen to cook with. Yeah. But I think she was kind of talking about her alley home, which made me think of, I think I am actually thinking of the Gwyneth Paltrow situation where she was yeah. like, yeah, you'd have parties, but we couldn't cook there or like yeah, something no, like her that. Her and Cameron
1: were having the conversation about okay. that. So that. You're on the right track.
0: <laughs> yes. So this next quote is just something I thought was cute, even though we totally know this. I was just like, yeah, me too. So the quote from Drew, flour happens to be my favorite ingredient on the planet. And all of my favorite foods are cheesy, carby foods but that's more my comfort zone. (laughs) And they really get out of that comfort zone in this book. Like it's a lot of like fresh ingredients and pretty amazing what they've done with this book. And for so many of them, for us to be like drooling, even though they're not macaroni and cheese.
1: Yeah, and then this is just really sweet how
0: Drew says she's self-made and Pilar is self-taught. I thought that was a lot of fun, and it yeah. goes well with that cute picture of them with those t-shirts on page 83. So good. <laughs> it's really cute uh, that that was something that connected on. The next section, the fourth one,
1: is about Drew cooking with her daughters. It's mm-hmm. called Ramen Scissors, <laughs> and it starts <laughs> on page 103. Mm-hmm. It's really cute. It has this photo of a bowl of ramen noodles. Mm. Mm. And uh, there's a pair of scissors in there because they saw something on TikTok about cutting your ramen with scissors and they wanted to try it.
0: (laughs) It's really cute. This is where she talks about learning to make soups in record heat in California. Drew said, like eight months pregnant, trying to make hot soup, sweating my ass off. It did not look the way it was supposed to in my head. (laughs) And I was trying to remember where we had heard her talk about this. Like, I feel like it was way before the cookbook was like, you know, in our minds. Yeah, I feel like I remember her like talking about starting to learn to cook like on some talk show but I could be completely oh yeah wrong.
1: that makes sense it was probably right after Olive was born she was probably talking about it probably okay.
0: I just I'm just like trying to kind of remember like because that's felt so familiar especially the like it did not look the way it was supposed to in my head because I feel like she's <laughs> always like in the kitchen I'm like <laughs> yeah,
1: which I so relate to that's why I sent you that gif of her on the talk show I was like this is
0: gonna be me when I'm doing my recipe running around all <laughs> Before we go on to the next section, I just wanted to say page 113, there's another hand photo that I love.
1: Now I gotta go look. Part of the (laughs)
0: lemongrass beef skewers recipe. So I'm sure you just really want to see her handling some meat right now. Yeah, you're Um. right. I went right over it. I was like, next. (laughs) But you can see her breathe tattoo. She's wearing her big chunky silver watch that you see her a lot with in this book. I just love this set of pictures because it's her hands and I love her hands
1: next one is about cooking for her daughters rather than with it's called lather rinse repeat I definitely relate to this one as a mom yeah um there's a cute little picture of lunches for her girls that have their names on post-its
0: we talked about the handwriting
1: (laughs) well there's a lot of yeah I guess we should say this now there's a lot of pictures in the book that you might think at first are Drew's handwriting but they're all polars. it's like they have a similar way of stringing their letters together but I'm a handwriting person. Like I've always really been into handwriting analysis and like that sort of thing. So I definitely took the time when I got this book to like figure out if yep. this true or not. Which sounds creepy. It's not from a creepy place. I no.
0: <laughs> I also love handwriting. But you like having gone through that, and me like coming in and being like, "Is this?" You're like, "Hold on, I did the research." <laughs> anyway, so continue with what you were
1: saying. Um. Yeah. So I just love this quote. This was one of the few quotes I pulled. Um. I'm just. Just another parent trying to feed my kids and do the best I can. Some days I fail and some days I feel like I succeed. And <laughs> let me tell you, that is very true. You're like relatable. <laughs> right now it's really easy to feed one of my kids because she just drinks breast milk. <laughs> but my other one, not so much. <laughs>
0: TMI? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I love it. Like you were gonna say it's easy to feed one, and I thought you were gonna say, because Mila like feeds herself. But oh, well, there is that. But is she making great choices?
1: Mm. Well, you
0: know, who is at that age? Some days I fail, some days I succeed. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so now I'm jumping to page 143, our next segment with some writing. Once again, we're just jumping past recipes for now. We'll talk about some a little bit later. So now we're at serve hot, page 143. Um, in this one, she talks 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 about a learning moment that she and Pilar had, where they had this experience of cooking for an important person. They don't say who it was, but somebody they wanted to impress and drew over entertained so much that the food was served way too cold. And they were like, that was a complete failure. We did not impress this person with our cooking. And I forget which recipe it is. I think they might say, oh, it's it's the chickpea carbonara. Okay. Yeah. So it basically turned completely hard. (laughs) It's just hilarious. Like Drew probably started
1: talking too much. And then (laughs) I can just
0: completely picture it.
1: The next section is about her first Thanksgiving in New York. It's on page 151. And one thing that's fun is that they write Chris sent a pinata for the kids. I have to assume that's Chris Miller. So that's really sweet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it has to be. It I love that so much. They talk about the irreplaceability of French's fried onions in green bean casserole, which are you familiar with those? That was never a thing in my family, but I like the crunchy onions for sure. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like specifically the onions. Yeah. So in green bean casserole, (laughs) Drew says you can't replace those. They know what they're doing. (laughs) Whereas some of the other ones would be like, what's a healthier alternative to French's fried onions? They know what they're doing, according to Drew. Um, (laughs) My grandmother always brought green bean casserole to Thanksgiving when she was alive. And so I have this, like, memory of that and it getting, like, slightly less good as she got older. Oh. I still always associate that with my grandmother bringing it at Thanksgiving up into, like, her 70s. Like, it's, it's really sweet. Oh. The next section
1: is just about beautiful cookware. If you want to know more about that, we have a whole episode on all the different Barrymore brands. That's our episode eighteen, and we really get into the beautiful cookware line
0: there. So go check that out there. Yep, it's really cool. That that's on page starts on page one sixty seven. But yeah, if you want to just sit back and listen check out our episode okay so now we have oh the holidays that's about holidays and parties beginning on page 185 I do love the picture beginning of this too she's hugging like a massive pumpkin and she's got a mask on she's wearing a mask and she's outside I'm like and she has one of these like chunky beanies like she's kind of it's pandemic but also she looks like she's in uh disguise (laughs) we kind of all looked like we were in disguises during the pandemic didn't we it's like if you were wearing sunglasses and a hat and a
1: mask (laughs) No one knew who you were.
0: (laughs) So there are some cute pictures of Drew's holiday decorations in this section. There are a couple pictures of her by the Christmas tree that are like really cute because it kind of gives you like a feeling of that space with the tree, which I think is really sweet. I love that Drew calls herself, quote, a very old Jewish grandmother who says things like, sit down, darling, have you eaten? (laughs) And (laughs) Pilar's response to that is, and that's so true to your nature. You're a deeply caring person and you make people feel good that way. I loved that. It was really sweet. Very sweet. And okay, Anne's got to pull out another series of pictures here. I, once again, there are some pictures of her hands in, um, in this section. (laughs) This is your new brand,
1: Drew's Hands
0: brand. It is. And you can see her Olive and Frankie tattoo poking up from under her watch. And then on the next page where she's squeezing lemons, you can see her breathe tattoo really clearly. They're just like really great
1: photos of her tattoos in this case. So it's like. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at them right now. They are really good pictures. And I know Ashley,
0: you love looking at like shrimp being grilled. (laughs) see again I probably my eyes just went yeah right over these but you're right like
1: you can her breathe tattoo looks awesome there yeah
0: it does this might be like one of the best
1: pictures I've seen I'm gonna take a picture of it cool and then we get to basically the last thing in the book it's called evergreen it starts on page 215 It talks about experiencing the seasons for the first time when Drew was living in New York Mm -hmm. and how, you know, during that really rough time in her life, the worst time of her life, she really felt healed by nature Mm -hmm. and gardening and like the cycles of how the seasons went
0: and all of that. Mm -hmm. This is a really cool section. The first picture in here. I'm sorry. You said you don't want to talk a lot about pictures, but (laughs) another tattoo picture. And I feel like we haven't seen a picture this clear of her blue moon in a long time so look on page 214 so it's a picture of some like beautiful veggies i'm guessing it's like her haul from her garden if it is like that's quite impressive that it's amazing and then her cute little foot and the tattoo looking quite unrecognizable as a moon <laughs> it does not look like
1: a moon anymore
0: no oh but it's a cool picture because once again like that means we know we she took it it's like literally her perspective so it's a yeah. rad picture And regarding her experiencing many seasons. And I love this because literally this is like basically me. Yeah. She said so many people know the cycles by heart, but I have lived my whole life in sunny California. And since 19, sorry, I almost said my birth year. (laughs) (laughs) And since 1975, I could rely on good weather 365 days a year. She then talks in here about like, there's rain like once a year and we love it, but here we go. So she says my dependable optimism is probably rooted in 75 degrees and sunny lifestyle that I was born in, raised in, and remained in until I moved to New York for my family. When she says her dependable optimism, like that truly is her. Yeah. And I love that she's comparing it to the seasons. Like, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: This was fun. She has this like an exchange with an employee named Paige when she went to a nursery Mm -hmm. who kind of like looked at Drew and doubted that she could do what she was trying to do. And she told Drew to get a landscaper. Yep. (laughs) And then Drew looked her in the eyes and said, I'm doing this myself. We all have to rely on ourselves right now. And this is going to be my project. I'm going to pour myself into this and it's a spiritual endeavor. I'm going to go piece by piece. So show me some fucking plants, please. (laughs) and then this woman went from a stern face into a wry smile and they became friends
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think it's really cute i like that she continues and says that paige was into the fact that she didn't have cookie cutter tastes and she felt like that style was perfect for the rebel homemaker and drew
1: (laughs) (laughs) so cute pulled this quote on page 219 where drew says i think one of the hardest parts when life is scary and gets turned upside down is to trust that things will heal If there's an answer, it's patience and the healing is up to me. It sort of like summarizes the whole book in a way. Exactly. And so
0: that quote, I kind of pulled in chunks because I was like, I want to get like the feeling of it. I'm going to go ahead and read the last paragraph in this section because I feel like it's just beautifully written and kind of once again, like encapsulates it. So on page 223, next to the adorable picture of her with the apples, it says, life goes in cycles as in nature and we hold on tight, trying to witness as much as we can. I look away and our kids are a year older. I've been doing this crazy talk show job for a year now. And all of a sudden the tree outside has leaves blink and you could miss it. But if we are forced to stop and stare and wait, it all goes in slow motion, but it does come alive again. The cycle takes place and the roller coaster goes up and down, but it is lovely, emotional, complex, and a truly beautiful ride. So true. I just thought that (laughs) I know it's so true. Exactly. And I literally had this feeling and I just had to bring my own experience because this is what richens the stuff for me. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that you went through the same thing recently. Honestly, I have to just like say I haven't really absorbed this book fully until now. I probably skimmed it when I got it, looked at the recipes, maybe skimmed the writings, but shamefully I haven't really read it till now and I think it's perfect that I did.
1: Yeah, maybe it was meant to be. Yeah,
0: And this is one of the only books, part of my Drew collection that I brought with me because I was like, I need this. And I have a couple copies. So I was like, this is my reading copy. But the one last thing I wanted to say when she says, and all of a sudden the tree outside has leaves because I'm experiencing spring, you know, it's we're kind of like (laughs) fully things are kind of fully filled up again. But I walked to the end of my driveway earlier yesterday and I went, oh my God, it looks so different. Like ah. it's a kind of thing where like I've t- I took a lot of pictures when it was snowy and then to like look at it now and be like, yeah, I really have to notice the passing of time here. It's it's a very different experience than places where it's mostly the same for the year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You have it on such a different level. It's funny because in Las Vegas, we're pretty similar to California, yeah. but I do really notice like the plants and the trees. Yeah. I really don't like winter. I am like... It's the worst time of the year for me. And like, I get so depressed looking at everything. Yeah. So then when spring happens and all of a sudden i walk around my neighborhood and there's flowers and all the leaves are coming. I'm like, this is the best feeling in the world. You still get it. I still get it a little bit. Yeah.
0: When people say there aren't seasons in California, like that's not true. So when Drew said that, I was a little bit like, that's not true, but it kind of, <laughs> but it kind of is.
1: But totally different from what you're getting over there. Yeah. Like yeah. to the extreme here
0: where like, honestly, because it's rural enough, I'll just say this one last thing. I can, like, drive along my street, and it's almost unrecognizable from winter to spring. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing to witness and to absorb, like, emotionally. So sweet. <laughs> Howdy, Drubies.
1: We want to tell you about our sponsor, Positive Medium. We've actually been clients of theirs for at least 10 years, and they take care of all of our website needs for thedrewzam.com.
0: They offer custom web design and professional coding, search engine optimization, marketing, and hosting. So we've been hosted by them, but we've also been able to take advantage of a lot of their expertise in these other areas as well.
1: Absolutely. So customer service is the biggest draw for us with this company. They have saved our site literally from obliteration quite a few times. But then they also help us with minor issues in just like literally a matter of minutes. So if we have like a coding question or just like something on the back end we can't figure out, we reach out to them and we get an answer back and the issue is solved within moments.
0: We're so excited that Positive Medium is allowing us to offer our listeners 25% off managed WordPress hosting plans using our promo code Drew, D-R-E-W, of course. Um, And if you wanna take advantage of this, visit positivemedium.com. We really, really vouch for these people. They've been so great to us and will continue to be great to us, I I can only imagine.
1: (laughs) I mean, they're great by offering this to our listeners. So take advantage, again, it's promo code Drew, of course. So then we get to the acknowledgements. We just want to quickly shout out some of the people Drew shouted out. (laughs) So obviously there's all the people who worked on the book, um, who we mentioned at the beginning. She has her usual work family, all the same names that we know have done so many projects, but I love this. She gives a special note to Chris Miller says he's the best partner, best person, my trusted brother.
0: I love it so much. Um, and he, he appears in a photo earlier in the book. Yeah. We love Chris so much. If you're listening, Chris, for some reason, we love you. Please come on the pod. <laughs> we haven't officially asked him. Yeah, yeah we haven't <laughs> asked him. But, you know, if you want to just offer yourself, cool. <laughs> of
1: course, with a nice... Thank you, or acknowledgement to Olive and Frankie, where she says, I love you more than all the words in all the books. Aww,
0: that's <laughs> so, so sweet. sweet. And we mentioned her handwriting. One of the f- times we know for sure it's her handwriting, if you go to the credits page, there's a little tiny recipe with a spoon laying on top, and that is Drew's handwriting. I love that yes, little so picture. We'll include that one. I already took a picture of it to include. <laughs> and this is so funny. So you and I noticed this at different parts of the book. There's a tiny sketch of Drew's bird tattoo that appears at the very end. And there's also one on the title page.
1: (laughs) It's so weird. It is
0: so funny and so cute. The
1: crazy thing is that's the only tattoo that we have no idea like anything about. It just appeared. She never talked about it. We don't know what it signifies. And so for it to be like important enough that she included it twice in this book at the beginning and end, yeah.
0: like what, what does this mean? <laughs> Did she get it when she was with Justin Long? Yes. Well, you know what we should just say right now? We have a tattoos episode. <laughs> you should check that Number out. 12.
1: Number 12. <laughs> it's a good you. one. It's
0: a popular one. <laughs> Where we talk about all of them, but that's, like you said, that's probably the one we have the least information about. Yeah. We were like, we don't know what happened here. She just
1: showed up with this bird on her arm. We <laughs> do
0: know that she loves perching birdies, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> and now we'll just talk about the recipes a little bit. We didn't get this into this too much, even though we are like, we love food. We're not foodies. We're here for Drew. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're not a food podcast.
0: So the recipes are sectioned in the book into breakfast, lunch, dinner, sides, and salads. There are lots of vegan and veggie modifications, which is so cool. Drew is vegetarian forever. Yeah. Ashley and I have been vegetarian for a long time. Um, I'm pescatarian technically now. And Drew also eats meat, but I love that they honored that part of the diet. Yeah. Like it's important. It's Great. rad tested by our girl. Like, hell yeah.
1: <laughs> so we both decided for this episode, we would each cook a recipe out of the book, which was a really fun idea. And I'm glad because like it made me finally do it. Yeah. <laughs> I had considered there's a quinoa risotto that I still really want to make. In fact, I like half bought the ingredients for it a couple months ago and then didn't do it. Oh my God. Uh, Cause I love quinoa. Yeah, And there's also a harissa spaghetti. That was the one Mila wanted, but I was quickly shopping in Trader Joe's and didn't know where harissa would be. And <laughs> I was like, I don't have time. Yep. Uh, and then there's a green with charred romaine pesto.
0: So it's so, like quinoa with greens. So good. have to
1: make that eventually. Yeah. But because I am a lazy cook and I was in a hurry at the store, (laughs) I ended up doing the pasta al lemon with peas, the classic version. Yep. Drew used bucatini, which she loves. I don't really like bucatini, which is funny because I like almost all pasta. So (laughs) it said you could substitute linguine. So that's what I did. Very
0: cool. And how did you like
1: it? I loved it. I love lemon. We've talked about that on the the pod many times. and. I love an easy recipe. So, this doesn't have a lot of ingredients. It doesn't use a lot of pans and pots and all that. It was very much speaking to my style. (laughs) I cooked it for my family. I can't really go wrong making pasta for Mila. And yeah, she really liked it. Jason liked it. We ended up adding a little salt and pepper. It wasn't quite seasoned enough for our taste. Maybe we have dull palates, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it was great and easy. So I'll probably make it again because I still have mascarpone, uh, cheese, which is one of the ingredients, which isn't something I would normally have on hand. Most of the other stuff I would normally just have in my house. So it was perfect. I remember
0: you saying we're out of peas. <laughs> oh my God.
1: Yeah. So the first night I went to make it, I'm like, cool. Getting everything out. I go in the freezer no frozen peas. We always have frozen peas. So I didn't even think about checking yeah. for it. So anyway, Jason was sweet enough. The next day he went and got me some so I could make it for sure. very
0: cool. I just <laughs> got to say, I love that we did this because it it allowed us to like get into this a little bit more. And there was a moment when yeah. I was like, do I need to cook something? And you're like, yes, <laughs> you <laughs> have to. especially because, you know, I like I like cooking. So it was good for me. Yeah. So many recipes sounded good to me as even ones that were like including fish because it's new to me. But there were so many I hadn't tried yet. I wasn't feeling like, you know, ready to do that. (laughs) Yes. Like I almost did the blackened tuna and cherry tomato and jicama salsa because I was like, that sounds so good. And I had just seen tuna, but it was a different type of tuna at the store. So I was like, I'm not ready. Okay. The Cali tartine sounds so good, even though it's like, I know, like I would have that every day i keep meaning to do that one too and there's like no excuse for i know because it. <laughs> i, I so like easy. usually have some of that stuff so that one sounded so good i'm definitely going to make it this summer i love that the quote from in that like little intro said <laughs> yeah if you're ever curious what california tasted like in the 70s this is it <laughs>
1: <laughs> so good
0: what i ended up making though after all was the harissa spaghetti So I, what Drew called her quote unquote signature dish, I did feel like it was maybe missing something or that one of the flavors was kind of like taking too much space in the flavor of it. So I want to make it again. There are a couple like optional parts of the recipe. Like you could put parsley and oregano and I only had oregano and I feel like the oregano was overpowering. Either way, I love the flavor of the harissa. It's like just slightly spicy. I like spice, so I would probably put more of it. Oh. But I really enjoyed it. And it had me use chickpea pasta. And she's like, I recommend bonza. And I love bonza chickpea pasta. I don't know if you've tried it.
1: I haven't, which is insane because I am a chickpea fanatic. And I have a box in my pantry and I haven't had it.
0: But they don't taste like chickpea at all. Okay. I think the spaghetti does a good job of seeming just like normal spaghetti. Some of the other of okay. shapes, like I really like the penne. Yeah, that's one I have. Okay, yeah. So I think you'll like it. It's just different. You just have to like, Okay. you know, when yeah, when you taste mentally it. Mentally prepare yourself. Yes, when you taste <laughs> it for like readiness, like it's sort of like, is that done? But then once you put sauce on it and stuff, it's just like whatever. Cool. But it was a lot of fun. I really liked making it. It had like a handful of ingredients and i took a bunch of pictures while i was doing it it was the first time i've made my own sauce like from tomatoes oh that's cool said to get two pints of cherry tomatoes i was like that seems like a lot i'm just gonna do one and now i see why because it cooks down so much okay but i have a lot of leftovers anyway so that was so much fun i'm so glad that we both did something and we will share at least one picture of us with our dish
1: so fun yeah that was so much fun so to close out this episode you might have noticed we didn't do our wonderful drew loves segment well we're doing it now because i compiled everything from the book (laughs) so fun and like again these are like In the sentence, I love blank. So the things where
0: she says like, oh, I loved doing that. Like that's not included. So there's, you know, this is like. And I'm going to try to shut up unless I really want to reply to something because there are so many.
1: (laughs) I know. I need to take a deep breath. (laughs) All right. Drew loves honey, cumin, saffron, cracked black pepper, cookbooks, creamy pasta, making soups and having soup for breakfast. (laughs) Seeing the world, being a curator, creating her own opportunities. Rice, all noodles in every single shape and size. Yes. The cholula, <laughs> which is a hot. Sauce. I love Cholula. <laughs>
0: I thought I'm going to say one thing about Cholula. I got a burrito, which was not like a California burrito. I had it with the salsa from the place. And when I had my leftovers, I was like, Cholula. And then it was like so much better. So anyway, I just had an experience recently where I was reminded of its love. And (laughs) all right.
1: Drew also lives loading up on cheese and carbs some days. (laughs) Yeah. Heat and spice. To use her fish spatula, (laughs) which she talks about that on the show a lot. I'm going to get one,
0: by the way. (laughs) I almost bought one from the grocery store yesterday. (laughs)
1: She loves a good steak once in a while. Unfortunately, no. (laughs) It's fine. You do, you, Drew. She loves a costume party and a theme party. Yes. Holidays. A game and a dinner party. Yeah. Busying people. Giving them things to do. Yep. Shrimp. -hmm. The idea of a gratin, anything, Mm. Mm. and then lastly a good fresh crunch, which makes me want
0: to go eat a salad right now. And you know what's (laughs) funny is that I learned something about celery Mm. that Pilar told her to peel the celery before she uses it anything, and I was like, I've never peeled celery. Yeah, same. The outside has like a stringiness to it. You know? Yeah. Um. Do you like celery? Yeah, I do. Okay. So we're going to have to do a follow-up where we both talk about having that, <laughs> having, having
1: peeled celery, peeled, peeled
0: celery. Yes.
1: Okay. Good homework assignment. <laughs>
0: Peeling celery. <laughs> oh, that was really fun.
1: I'm glad we went through this book. Finally. Me it definitely too. like seemed a little daunting at first, but, uh, it was really like enjoyable, pleasant experience. It's a really nice feeling going through this book. I don't really know how to put it into words, but yeah, it just is a good experience. It's enjoyable.
0: It feels like a peek into a really specific part of Drew's life. There you go. Yeah. It's pretty intimate. Even though there wasn't anything super surprising to us in it, it just felt, it feels good. It's a good, it's a a feel good book.
1: (laughs) It is for sure. Of course. Like what else would Drew do? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So thanks you guys. Thanks for listening. Again, we want to once again, reiterate how much we appreciate all the reviews that were left on Apple Podcasts. It's so fun to see those things there now. And if you haven't done that yet and you want to get in on it, go for it. I I also made a URL from this thing. It's just called Uh lovethepodcast.com and then slash how do you drew. So if you want a shortcut for how to leave us a review, that will take you to all the platforms. Very cool. cool. Yeah. And then you can follow us on Instagram at how do you drew pod. That's also our TikTok handle. If you're not an Instagram person, I feel like I should mention the reels that we post on Instagram we also put on TikTok so if you're a TikTok yep. person go check that out <laughs> and then we also on Instagram are at
0: DrewZium for all kinds of Drew content make sure also to visit our website at howdoyoudrew.com if you want to see any of the our favorite pictures from this episode or just you know it's a great resource DrewZium.com where we have it hosted is our OG website that we've had up for 17 years now wow <laughs> so it's pretty 17 and a half years almost and we're well, yeah almost exactly 17 and a half years <laughs> um anyways send listener mail to how do you drew pod at gmail.com I think I mentioned something earlier that she should email us about oh if you're a new listener let us know where you found us we really want to know how people are finding us um and just reach out we're super accessible we like hearing from people we want to hear how you feel about the show in any way you know if you want to write those reviews do you want to write to us
1: we want to interact with you guys.
0: Yes. Okay. So I have uh, my question to take us out this week. What is your favorite type of apple?
1: Oh, easy. Granny Smith. Boom. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> I mean, I eat
1: one almost every day. I am nice. a big Granny Smith girl.
0: Do you know what my favorite is? I think we've talked about this before.
1: I want to say, I'm just going to guess a Honeycrisp, but that's probably just because close. my close
0: favorite. <laughs> Pink Lady. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're not everywhere, but they are damn good. <laughs> I love it. I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Yay, Thank you, everybody, Thank for you. tuning in. Bye. <laughs> This episode of the How Do You Drew podcast was researched and produced by Ashley and Anne from thedrewzm.com with help from our sponsor, Positive Medium.
1: Special thanks to Matt Costa for our lovely theme song, Roxy Prima for our adorable logo, and last but not least, Drew Barrymore and all the Drewbies who love her. We do this for you.
0: Thank Thank you. you.